1: Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm reintroducing myself and discussing healing, learning, and leaning into intuition. have a lot of new listeners, so I wanted to take a moment to sort of reintroduce myself, why I'm here giving my time and energy to this podcast, and how to use the show and how to use my work to ultimately make your life healthier and easier. I am Nikki, and in the room with me right now is my producer and new husband, Chris, Right now, as I record, he is in the technical chair as the expert that makes the show sound clear, bright, smooth for your listening pleasure. He adjusts levels. He gives me hand signals to speak up, to get louder, to speed up, to slow down, to wrap it up, to wait for the fire trucks that pass by. We live in the city. And then he edits the show. Professionally, I have been a psychotherapist and counselor since 2007. My specialties began in addiction, grief and loss, and trauma, and then grew from there into a specialty with highly sensitive people and self-care life coaching. I have an undergraduate degree in psychology and a master's of education in community counseling. I'm a New Orleans native, born and raised till I was 29, and that means if you meet me and hang out with me, I have a weird drive to feed you and give you fancy tea with fresh mint and citrus and to make you laugh. My degrees are from the University of New Orleans and I finished despite Hurricane Katrina blowing my program apart. I went back to New Orleans before the year ended and was a baby counselor while my hometown had collective and individual PTSD from Hurricane Katrina. I hold two licenses as an LPC, a licensed professional counselor, and an LCDC, a licensed chemical dependency counselor. In some states, that's called a licensed addictions counselor, LAC. I began working for myself in August 2009, so I'm about to celebrate 12 years of self-employment at the end of summer. By my third year of private practice, I was turning new clients away. And this is a little side note for therapists out there. I am currently working on a program to help you love your private practice, to help you help people on a deeper level, to know the difference between healthy sharing versus dumping on the client and wasting their time, as well as how to make a strong wage guilt free so that you can actually take care of yourself and your family so that you can be an effective and healthy healer for the duration of your life if that is your calling and what you so choose. If you're interested in that, be on my waiting list and snag a new client appointment if you get the email and get a chance. If you're a therapist interested in having a thriving and satisfactory practice and learning from me and growing in this way. My professional trajectory has broken the mold and taught me so much. I've made so many mistakes and I've done so much right. This show is in part an attempt to uncover and demystify the experience as a client and the experience as a therapist and answer some of the questions that you've maybe had for your own therapists or therapists that weren't appropriate To ask during session or on your dime, or that your therapist may have been taught not to share with you due to professional boundaries. And I know it's funny that I break a lot of those rules and I teach healthy boundaries, isn't it? I've had a lot of happy life experience and a lot of trauma. I've often joked that I've had more therapy than anyone else in the world. I began with therapists at about the age of five. And that's the complexity of my family system and many of your family systems, that there's good and bad, there's black and white, and that's too simple of a lens to look at our family systems, our individual situations. I, like you, I gathered much from my family that was useful and helpful, strength building, and a lot that was hurtful and harmful to my self-worth. And put my body into a constant survival mode from a very, very young age, possibly since birth. And I've been trying to untangle that survival mode ever since. I'm going to give you my abridged version of my traumatic experience, which I don't usually do. You get to know me if you listen to the show through bits and pieces. And some of that is by design because my story is a lot. And I know that that is true for many of you out there listening. And it's important for me, for myself and my own inner child, as well as for people to have models of what it is to know that I survived my trauma. I am not my trauma. So when I share, I want you to know, whether you're an old listener or a new one, that I have done tremendous intentional healing And I wouldn't be here talking to you about it if I hadn't. I don't believe a podcast or the Internet. I don't believe those are very good places to work out our traumas. And that can backfire because when we do so, we are really raw. We're really exposed. We need safety and containment, especially in the beginning, early stages of our work. It's because of the safety and containment that I have had elsewhere other than on this microphone that helps me to show up. Basically expose myself and my story here and trust that where I am right now that I can handle whatever weird stuff the Internet might throw at me. I'm here to show you that tremendous healing is possible in your life no matter what your story is. I'm also here to show you that I'm not perfectly healed because that's just not available to be perfectly anything. Rather, life invites us to lessen the load. I try to use every experience in my life, big and small, as an emotional strength training opportunity. I expect to continue to use the wisdom I've acquired so far to gain more every day of my life till I'm dead. That is the plight of a seeker, and I am most certainly a seeker in spirit. If my story ever feels too heavy for you, turn me off. In recovery, we learn that we don't have to just go along with things. Isn't that how a lot of abuse and neglect show up in our lives? Like a crappy festival ride you don't have the power to stop and get off of? Healing means that we can give ourselves what we need. Not just what's socially acceptable, not just what the other person will like, but what we ourselves truly need moment to moment. I want you to have what you need to heal and grow into the life of peace and fulfillment that you deserve, especially if you had a childhood full of pain. I mentioned boundaries a minute ago. I do teach a six-week boundaries course every October. And yes, we just opened that up. So if you want to secure your spot, I will tell you at the end of the show how to do that with a coupon code that can give you the best price. In that course, I show you what you actually need to practice with repetition so that you can uncover and honor your true self, lessening anxiety, guilt, and shame, letting go of idealized perfectionism to advocate internally and externally for the life that you crave and might even be frightened to really Hope for or invest in or move toward. Chris is my third and final husband. And let's be honest, it's hard to get to husband number three by 40 without coming from chaos, abuse, and neglect in family of origin. I joke that I'm an accidental expert in divorce. I'm sure many of you listening are accidental experts in things that you haven't wanted for yourself either. I have survived the abandonment of my biological father as a child, the tumultuous marriage and seven-year divorce of my parents, poverty, the remarriage of my sociopathic mother to a known pedophile that she let tuck in her three little girls at night. So, yes, I'm acknowledging that I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, incest, and is there a harder word? than incest? The more I say it, the more someone out there who's experienced it or is experiencing it right now feels a little less alien, a little less crazy, and a little closer to the truth that will ultimately free them. So yes, I am an incest survivor. The death of my functional parents, my grandparents. Happened before I left high school. So before I was an adult, you hear me mention them a lot on the show. I grew up and put my step and then adoptive father. He adopted me at 14 after my biological father gave up his rights to get out of paying back child support. But I grew up and I pressed charges and put him in prison in my early 20s. And when that happened, my immediate and large extended family considered me the black sheep. They were very angry at me for making my siblings and my family go through public shame instead of going to an uh, an uncle that was a former New Orleans policeman to sort of handle it quietly like my family would have wanted. I chose total estrangement and no contact from all family for most of my adult years I reconnected with my sisters when my dad was first released from prison for serving his first 10 years after an eight-year stretch of absolutely no contact between siblings due to a mistake that those arresting precincts made many years ago because each precinct, they want the statistics of bagging a pedophile. So because of this, there was a little fight over prosecuting My dad, that violated our victims' rights, but I didn't have it together at the time to be able to go through a legal process to really press that. My dad was rearrested the very same day he was released from that 10-year stint on charges from a previous parish. Um, Every other place other than Louisiana, that's called a county. A childhood friend of ours stepped forward to also press charges to help him serve more time. After about three years of trying with my siblings, I went no contact again right at the time that we found out that he was getting out of prison for his second 10-year sentence after having only served four years. So he got out of prison six years early for good behavior, despite the judge saying no opportunity for early release. And just for your information, that is something that judges say to look good in the moment. They actually don't have the power to enforce that kind of sentence, which is a sad manipulation of the minds and feelings of victims, just to make the judge look good in the moment. I'm not sure I've ever shared this on the show, but the biggest trauma of all for me was leaving a toxic relationship and losing a stepdaughter that I loved like my own for eight years. I released Emotional Badass in 2018 with Chris's tremendous support and encouragement. We released the show after desperately trying to rally and pressure the sheriff's office, the parole board. After me, Chris, my very good friends, called about every government office that we could in Louisiana to try to put pressure and keep him in prison for that full sentence. I contacted news stations and newspapers and was told that the public really didn't want to hear those stories, even though the news had showed up when he was originally arrested. So that became an education to me about the way that news is curated. When we released Emotional Badass, I felt really raw. I felt defeated that my efforts hadn't kept him in prison. I felt re-silenced. When we released the show, I was hoping that we get about 20 downloads. That was the number I had in my head. That maybe in the first month, like, we could get 20 people to listen to it. It still makes me emotional. But we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds turned to thousands. And we charted on the top 50 of mental health podcasts from the first few episodes. I started with almost no followers online. I was no social media influencer. I hadn't really done a lot on social media. Just as many out there identify as an introvert. We're not naturally leaning into the social media if we're introverted. That was a very pivotal moment for me. When I realized what was happening with the show, I really felt this in every fiber of my being. It was as if the universe said, over here, Nikki. Use your voice over here. You've you've done enough to protect the world from him. Let go. Lift up. This is what you can use your voice for. And here we are. We're in year four of emotional badass where Moxie meets mindful. I'm an introvert. I'm an empath. I'm a high sensation seeking, highly sensitive person. I'm someone who has had chronic PTSD most of my life that now I am proud to say... I consider 90% in remission. I've had medical trauma from three jaw surgeries and my body rejecting the hardware. I still have chronic neck and jaw pain that can still get me even though I'm better than ever. I'm an INFJ, Myers-Briggs type, meaning that my personality shows up or I move through the world introverted, intuitively, feeling. That J stands for judgmental. Certainly my younger self was much more judgmental. Now, whenever I see that J, I change it in my mind to discernment. As we heal and grow, we let go of that negative vibe, harsh judgment that we have as sensitive people or that we have as empaths because we grew up around it and we're harshly judged. So as we heal and shed some of our old pain, we start to lean into the difference between judgment and discernment and give ourselves permission to practice discernment. Especially as trauma survivors, we need to give ourselves permission to be
0: discerning. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask them all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? Well, we hear you, and we have been there too. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. And Dr. Anthony Porto, a pediatric gastroenterologist, will talk about all the things related to our kids' health, from dealing with a colicky infant to navigating puberty in the teenage years. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, now live on all podcast platforms.
1: On the Enneagram, I am an eight, the challenger. And what that means to me is that I was born to challenge myself and you, if you'll let me. I'm certainly in the right career it's a calling and I've answered it I've rebuilt myself from the ground up in the boundaries course I talk about in a small section that we're like boats that get broken up in a bad storm and when we rebuild we don't have to just rebuild a boat I rebuilt myself as a seaplane so that I can float and I can fly I've worked on my connection with spirit and spirituality and it's my own and I help others develop a spirituality that resonates with and assists them in healing too and it's not my spirituality, it's helping each person find, create, cultivate, believe in and stand upon their own if they want it. I use everything that I've got in me my personal experience, and my professional experience to pass along the hard-earned wisdom that I've gained. This show is about me passing that on to you, showing you how to turn head knowledge into heart knowledge. We are living in an information age, and information alone does not heal us in the ways that we want. In fact, just knowledge for the sake of knowing Massage the human ego that wants to know things But knowing isn't enough If knowing was enough, I'd just hand you a few b- books and say hey read this information Then you'll know then you'll be okay It's essential to learn how to turn head knowledge into heart knowledge or body knowledge Many of my clients say to me I know this stuff nikki, but I, I just can't make my body be calm or I can't make myself feel safe Yes, this is the work that needs doing so your body can feel peace, ease, joy, and lightness. I see so many sensitive people who just keep chasing down what is the next technique, what is the next technique, or what is the next healer when they don't really need more information. They need more practice integrating the information they already have into heart knowledge, into body knowledge. I try not to use a lot of jargon or science on this show, not because I'm anti-science at all, but because there are people who can speak to science or use proper terminology to teach those concepts better than I can. I recognize that my strength is not in being technical. My strength is in showing you how to be with yourself in ways that support your healing and your integration, not just the knowing of things. So what is there to learn about yourself in an episode like this where I just tell you about me? Well, I hope that there's lots. I want you to know that you're not alone in processing the world deeply and as feely humans. We are tribal biologically, wired to be a part of a tribe. Those of us from highly toxic to moderately toxic family systems can feel adrift, can feel worthless, even wrong for existing. We connect with many other tribes as we heal. Some tribes we visit, some we build or buy property in. Some communities or chosen family members last a lifetime, some a season. You may come listen to this show just for a season and may take a little sampling of what you need and that can be enough and then you can go in your way. Others of you will want to rent something or hang out for a while. If you feel lonely, isolated, lost, overwhelmed, and confused by the healing you face, go get on iTunes and look at the emotional badass comments, the reviews. Look on a computer. It's a struggle to find them on the phone. There are hundreds written out by people from our HSP and recovering tribe. These are people that are moving through the world, sensing, feeling in the depths, despising surface-level self-talk, fakeness. We are healing the chronic pain of chronic stress. You are unalone. And as strange as that sounds, that's a very important thing to know, to hold, to tuck into your heart as you learn how to be more resilient Year to year, month to month, moment to moment. You are unalone in what you feel, in what you think, in how you process, in what you observe in the world. You are unalone. You are not an alien. You belong here. I want you to know that each emotional badass episode is its own invitation for you to learn to listen to your own gut, your own intuition, and to separate intuition from anxiety To let go of that confusion between anxiety and intuition so that you can actually use intuition to help you navigate life. Intuition doesn't create a story, intuition is the feeling of getting quiet, still, or deeply centered, grounded, or calm, and sensing a knowing that can only be heard and attended to in the quiet. It resides in the gut. It resides in the heart. Survivors of trauma, chaos, and neglect in childhood had to push that intuitive knowing down, had to learn how to ignore it, because intuition was screaming, get out of there, leave, something is off. And as children, we could not affect such change. We could not take our little selves away from what was harmful. When my intuition felt that something was off with my personality-disordered parents as a child, I had no choice but to shove that intuition way down. And when we do that, we learn how to go to the head and create stories. I would go to my head and I would create stories like, it's not that bad, it's not like they beat me every day, or I hate how they punish me and it feels like a game. What's wrong here? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with them? Am I bad or are they bad? And what I accidentally was doing there, and what so many of you listening will resonate with, is that I was strengthening overthinking while learning to ignore my intuition. I was strengthening the freeze response because I couldn't make their bad vibes stop. I couldn't get in a car or effectively run away. So the best my little self could do was to overthink and learn to ignore intuition. This followed me and follows all of us into how we date, how we partner, how we befriend, how we show up overly loyal when it's best to move along, cut ties, let go. Healing is turning the radio of intuition back on, then fine-tuning the signal and the volume. As you listen to this episode today or any other episode of mine, I know that you feel something, a stirring, an intuitive nudge, that there's something here for you or you wouldn't come back and listen again. It'd be a one and done kind of thing. That is an intuitive yes. That is an intuitive knowing of, ooh, I'm supposed to listen to this. There's something for me here. When you feel an intuitive yes, when I feel an intuitive yes, it's like all the chatter in the monkey mind gets quiet. When we're in anxiety, the chatter kicks up like wind before a big storm until we're totally lost in the story. We don't know what's real. We don't know what's imagined because that's what we learned to do in childhood. So you have the opportunity to listen to emotional badass episodes and listen to your intuition. To get to know your intuition and separate by differentiating anxiety from intuition. An intuitive no may come up for you too as you listen to my episodes. And that's okay. You don't have to fully be aligned with someone to learn from them or to grow from them. In fact, quite the opposite. I want you to disagree with me on some things. It is not, mm, how can I say this fairly? I would say that it's not wise to just buy into what someone like me is saying. What's wise is to listen and check it out with your gut and trust that when your gut says, yeah, this is right, you can go into that. When your gut goes, Mm-mm, something's not right here, to learn how to listen to that too. An intuitive no feels like an exhale sitting back into a chair. It's a settling. It's simple. It's nope. Here's a good example. If I share with you, as I have done on some episodes, that I have attended nudist activities as a way to accept my body, to get comfortable with others' bodies, to have a different experience with naked bodies without touch, if the second that I said nudist or nudity, something in you went, nope, not for me, and you sort of sank into the back of your chair, then that's probably an intuitive no that's accurately saying that's not for me. If your no... Sounds or feels like no, 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 and a story kicks up about why that's crazy or dangerous or weird or out of control, or you feel a lot of judgment kick up. Well, then that's anxiety about the possibility of going nude with others around. If you stick with this kind of learning, you'll one day be able to just hear that solid no, not for me, while grounded, calm, and centered. You don't need a big giant story to be able to say no. An anxious no feels like sitting on the edge of your chair, leg tapping. When we do this work, we learn how to get clearer with ourselves on what's a yes and what's a no. And that's where we start to retain more energy because you are out there tired from overthinking, confused about the difference between thinking wisely And thinking yourself in circles. This is why learning the difference between intuition and anxiety is so useful for highly sensitive people who are working to better their mental health. Because as a tribe, we are just so tired. Our nervous systems observe way more than the average person. And if we add to that process more and more deeply, Then we have good reason to be legitimately tired It's a life changer for a highly sensitive person to learn how to think versus overthink And we get there by learning the difference between anxiety and intuition Ultimately in my work with people. I am working with the bigger picture goal of you having more energy with less angst I believe you and all of us deserve that kind of peace What I also want you to know about the show is that there's a lot in the modern world right now that is inviting and encouraging victim mentality. And if you have before in your life or are currently being wooed online by teachers, by advocates, by rhetoric or propaganda that positions you as a victim, you will ultimately hate my show and hate my work and everything I stand for. I accept that those messages are extremely seductive for the human ego and that many people will get lost in victim mentality and give their life to it. It's very popular right now. Others will visit victim mentality and realize it's not a great place to be. Not a lot happens there. There's a lot of bitterness. There's a lot of toxicity. The ego loves victim mentality. Just like the body can get addicted to heroin, the ego can get addicted to victim mentality. I'm here for those of you who have insight and an intuitive knowing that walking that victim path will be tragic long term. I hope that what I'm doing through the show is being a living and breathing example that I am not responsible for what trauma and neglect happened to me as a child at all but I am 100% responsible for what I do with my life now. Victim mentality is disempowered. We do need to go through a period of acknowledgement when we've been victimized, but we cannot heal if we get stuck there. We cannot buy property in the victimhood, y'all. It's a shitty place to live. I do this show to show you, not to tell you, Because anyone can tell you anything. I want to show you that healing is possible. And I want you to test that out with your gut and do the things that resonate with you. We first learn to read other people because we see outwardly. So some of you may be using the show to read me to see if my authenticity tracks, to see if you catch me in any kind of bullshit, to test out your system about who or what you can trust okay I'm perfectly fine being used in such a way we first see outwardly our eyeballs look outward it's natural to first look to a mother and a father to learn how to be in this world those of us who didn't have a lot of healthiness to look to crave such teachers and teachings My promise to this audience and to everyone is to honor my authentic self to the best of my ability. This is a promise to me. And I hope by showing you my authentic self as well as what can get in the way of my authentic self, that you give yourself more permission to meet, hold, and honor your authentic self. As human beings, we were always meant to learn from other humans. To benefit from the passing down of knowledge through story. That is my intention here with the show. When I share an episode, it's because I feel called. Each of you will pick up something a bit different that you wanted or needed from each episode. I ask you to be open to that as a process, as an exercise, that you can take what works for you and leave the rest, not just for me, an emotional badass but for everything that crosses your path in this world. As a child, we could not make choices in our best interest. To me, this is what adulting after childhood trauma and chaos is. It's taking our God-given or universe-given power back and learning to act with empowerment, taking our self-care, our self-love to the next level. I want to thank you for being here. Listeners who have been here since the beginning, thank you so much. It is an honor that you continue to listen. New listeners, thank you for giving me a chance. Thank you for opening up to the possibility of what I'm offering, that no matter what you have been through in your history, you don't have to stay in survival mode. Grounded peace is available to all of us. If you would like to see me in video format, I want to invite you to come join me at patreon.com backslash emotional badass. Every month I do a video live stream on a different topic. The very next topic is elephant in the room. And that is a term used to describe something obvious that goes unspoken. So it's as if people are sipping tea with an actual elephant in the room, but, but pretending it's not there. Dysfunction teaches us the insanity of ignoring the elephant in any room Often the elephant is a drug problem. It's violence and or sexual abuse in the family. It's a spending or a hoarding issue It's ignoring or dismissing depression or pain Often in a dysfunctional family the person who stands up and points exclaiming there's an elephant in the room and it's taking a shit becomes what we call the scapegoat. If you're interested in this as a topic, come join Patreon and ask away. You can ask anything, anything about your own story, anything about my story and what I've shared, anything about how mental health works, anything that you want to ask around this topic. When you sign on to Patreon, you'll also get immediate access to every other live stream that is archived and waiting for you that we have done every single month the last few years. You'll also immediately gain access to about almost 40 exclusive episodes that are not on the live feed that are there for you exclusively on Patreon. I want to thank you for the willingness to grow, the courage to see yourself. I truly believe that highly sensitive people are changing the world. And we do that one person at a time, starting with ourselves. When we do so, we subconsciously give other people permission in the world to work on themselves and to change. Highly sensitive people, when I work with y'all individually, I often say to you, we are reluctant leaders. We are the person in the room that won't elbow to get to the front. So we often don't see ourselves as natural leaders, but we really have the qualities that it takes to lead, to guide, to step up to the mic. Thank you for being willing to explore how you might be a reluctant leader and how you might step into more leadership for yourself personally and or professionally and in your human world. If you join Patreon and you wanna do the boundaries course, make sure you find the pinned code that will get you the best discount. We always give the best discounts to our Patreon supporters of the show. If you don't want to participate in Patreon and you still want to sign up for the boundaries course, use the code earlybird21 to get a significant discount off of payment in full or choose a very affordable payment plan. I'm an emotional badass, you're an emotional badass, and together we are where Moxie meets mindful. Light and love, and I will see you right here next time. Bye-bye.